parenting. It's a whole thing, isn't it? There are cultures that teaches you that marriage is the goal, and that to be successful, you must have children. But the new modern approach is co-parenting. No one actually teaches you about how to properly parent. Nowadays, there's plenty of parenting books out there, but who truly knows which one is the right one for your child? We all do what we think is best for our children. We also say that we are putting our children's interests first, but where is the in between between putting our children's needs first and making sure that we are also okay mentally to make those right decisions? Welcome back to Life with Tia. I'm hoping you're having a wonderful day. Today's episode are for those who are parents, whether you are a pet parent or a parent for your children. As a new pet parent, I must say that there is a huge difference between not having any sort of responsibility to care about anything outside of yourself, versus having something or someone outside of yourself to care for. For some, it makes no difference. Whether there is an addition to the family or not, because they always put themselves first. For others, they want to be the best parent that they can be, so they strive to go out of their way to make sure that their children and pets are more than taken care of, that they end up forgetting about themselves. I always knew that to some degree that parenting is hard. It's why I never wanted to have kids. The thought of having children that you are a hundred percent responsible for, if your partner decides to not put in any effort, given that you actually are trying to be a parent that wants what's best for their kids, absolutely terrifies me. Most people have no idea how much work it is to have kids. Some are aware that it takes some effort, while others simply believe that it is easy. If you're lucky. You end up having children that doesn't require much effort to have them behave, while others tend to do everything that they can, only for their kids to not listen anyway. So why is that? There's plenty of times where I see parents expect their kids to act like adults. They don't allow their kids to behave like kids. They want them to grow up and understand what is right and wrong within the household. They expect them to just know and to stop being such a nuisance. I am certainly guilty with my dog as well. I have high expectations from her, and I do catch myself losing patience when I have to repeat myself. Half the time, I'm not sure if she's understanding what I'm telling her to do, while the other half is, I'm wondering whether she is just ignoring me because she thinks she can, and she's choosing to test me. Of course, I'm trying to do what's best for my dog's future as well. One of the things that I'm trying to teach her is to not jump on anyone when she comes across someone who's interested in petting her. Instead, I try to get her to sit and then have people pet her when she sits to reinforce the positive behavior. I've been told that I am hard on my dog and that she's a puppy, so she'll grow out of it. I understand that her jumping on a person is because she's excited, but also that she's a puppy too. There are strangers that she comes across that are okay with her jumping on them, and they see it as no harm done. 
My concern is that when my dog is no longer a puppy and she's about 80 pounds, her jumping on someone can become a problem when she ends up hurting a kid or an adult who's caught off guard. Since she remembers that she's been allowed to jump on people before and has gotten the reinforcement that it is okay, she will end up continuing to do so despite her growing double her size. My other issue is that What if she doesn't grow out of it when she's an adult? Then it'll take double the effort to retrain her that it isn't okay to jump on people. It's important to me to nip it in the butt when she's young and for her to understand that certain behaviors are absolutely not okay from the get go, so it doesn't require much effort to curb that. Naturally, she'll still be excited, but at the very least, she'll be sitting and no harm done. So you may think, okay, that's a pet. That has nothing to do with actually parenting a child. Sure, a pet isn't a child, but the idea behind it is the same. For example, trying to get your children to eat healthy things isn't an easy feat. If you're lucky, your kids naturally like eating healthy food. For other parents, they're not so lucky and would have to beg and plea with a child, usually with little success. If you want your child to eat healthy, you'd have to make it seem like it's the best thing of their lives and to make it fun. If they like fun designs, you can shape the food into fun things and you eat it first, followed by making tasty sounds. It'll usually intrigue the child to have it. The other thing is to allow them to have options. Convince them that it is okay to try it and if they don't like it, they can spit it out. The point isn't forcing them to eat something they don't like, but to have several healthy options so they can choose what they like best. Even if they don't love it, it makes them choose what they like the best out of them. Another option is to figure out what they value the most. Is there a favorite toy they love? A favorite TV show? You can give them a reward after they finish their food and be stern about it. Make sure they'll eat everything on their plate and they'll be rewarded with half an hour of fun, or however long you like for them to have the reward. When you budge and you negotiate with them, they learn that they are allowed to negotiate, and usually they'll keep misbehaving because they see that you are budging. If it's an absolute no, unless they do XYZ, they'll eventually learn that they have to do it your way or they won't get what they want. So, in reality, training a dog and parenting a child has similar overlaps. The point to this is that there isn't one right way to parent, unfortunately. I've come across so many puppy training videos by dog trainers, and I realized not every way works with my dog. It's sort of a trial and error, and hope for the best kind of situation. There's plenty of books on parenting, but not every one of them applies to the child. The key is getting to know what the child needs. Every child is different. Most people think that if the way they parent worked on the first child, that it'll work the same way on the second and the third, and so on. But reality is, all of them have very different personalities, and they can't be compared to. So, scaling this back a bit more, This is just one side of parenting. The side where you are trying to put your children first 
and you're being more observant to recognize what they need. The other side of this is a parent's mental state to make the proper decisions for their children. We seldom think of ourselves when we are in the mindset of putting our children first. When we aren't in our best mental state, our judgment for the best decisions become clouded. But the flip side is also true in that we decide we come first and our children are under our control, so they must listen. So how do we check our mental state? Take some time out of each day, multiple times a day, to check in with yourself. How do you feel? How are you doing? What are you thinking? Is there anything you need to do for yourself right now to get back into the present, to make sure your needs are taken care of? If you notice all these things are revolving around your children, then chances are you aren't in the right mental state. The other side of this is that you're seeing your children as an extension of you. Then you're really thinking about what you'd do if your child was you. Some parents even live vicariously through their children. No one talks about the parent's mental health because they always teach that your children's needs are to come first. Unknowingly, some parents' mental health is so bad that their decisions or behaviors around and towards their children ends up being hurtful. When I'm not in the best mood, I'm aware I have very little patience for my dog. I do notice that anytime she makes a mistake or does something I don't want her to do, my voice gets louder, which usually startles her. Over time, she might just find that as normal. And so if things do really get out of hand and I really don't want her to do something, I'd have to scream for her to realize that's not okay. Not all of us are aware that when we aren't in the best mindset, our pets and children around us do pick that up. They feel the effects of it, and it might end up normalizing. For example, my childhood growing up was so chaotic that I've normalized loud sounds as background noise. When I'm on the phone with my friends and their kids are screaming or having tantrums, I don't even notice it as a problem because it's just another sound to me. But for others who have more peaceful households, hearing kids screaming in the background could be too much to handle. This may not seem like an issue, but it can roll into my relationships. If I didn't know better, I would think it's normal to always argue in a relationship and hear screaming in the background. Over time, I would think that if I'm not arguing in a relationship, then it means that it's not normal, and I need to sabotage it for it to be normal. This is just one of the ways that it is important for parents to have an awareness of their mental health. It does seep into children's memories, and it could even impact their behavior. So to sum this up, there isn't any right or wrong way to parent. But it is important to watch our mental health and have an awareness of ourselves. When we aren't in the right mind, it's easy to think we are doing what's best for our kids. Sometimes, we might even choose the easy way out because it's easier for us. But in the long term, it's usually not beneficial. There's a lot more overlap in our mental health with the way our children's behaviors are. Usually, the way a child is is somewhat of a reflection of who you are at the current time you were parenting them at their peak growing years. 
I've definitely noticed how much of my fears and issues stemmed from my childhood, but that's a topic for another time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope to see you in my next one.